Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest, here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs, let's go. And hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Let's get things started. Steve, how you doing? Yeah, not too shabby. Looking forward to uh, sending my kid back to daycare. You know, I've had to, for those of you who don't know, he had a uh, COVID exposure with some kid who was positive. Uh, so I've had to deal with him at home all week while still working full time, which is not exactly um, fun by any stretch of the imagination. And it's like my wife and I all weekend, we're just kind of sitting there, you know, like biting our nails. Like, is this test result going to come? Are we going to have to deal with this another week? But fortunately, it's negative as we expected it to be. And, uh, you know, I'm not even going to stop the car when I go to daycare tomorrow. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> slow down a little bit, push them out the side and just keep going. And I'm guessing there's no refund for that week of uh, daycare that you didn't need to access, oh, no, right? Of course not. Yeah. No, we still have to pay full price. Got to keep that spot, man. That's how That's how that works. Exactly. Exactly. Mike. Can't afford not to. Otherwise, it's like spending another two years on a waiting list. You got it. You'll be far less productive with uh, with watching him at home if you're doing that. Mike, okay. how you doing, sir? How was your weekend? Quice, 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 quice. Ooh, look at that! A <laughs> Lucas recovery. He's ready to go on the Lucas recovery. Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, as I'm, uh, as I'm known on one of the discords that I am um, that that I belong to, uh, <laughs> Lucas apologist. Uh, I'm pretty good, man. Um, yesterday was a, was a good day. Uh, me and my socialist friends went and, uh, celebrated our, our union victory in our, in our first contract, uh, for the x-ray techs in our hospital, which is great. Um, I had a few beers, quite a few beers, uh, which, uh, which turned me in, uh, into poppy which is uh my alter which is my alter ego um so um i came home and had a couple more drinks and went to bed very early so what, what uh, would be if we were looking for the characteristics of a poppy appearance what would some of those characteristics be um believe it or not loud and obnoxious uh no i laugh, I laugh no no what would what would the other characteristics be Mike? i That's laugh I mean. and smile a lot there you go <laughs> <laughs> i'm a i'm a jove i'm a jovial drunkard <laughs> everyone's favorite um, so kind. yeah and then i parlayed that into uh an appearance at good water today for um our meetup uh, with the green mountain spurs um it was a fun day the the beer was flowing the food was good and uh the the, the football was uh was good for a half so it finished as well as it could have. Mike, it was, was the right half, the correct half this time. The correct half. I was laughing oh, yeah. to myself, you know, before before the half for, for our listeners. Um, we have a WhatsApp chat that we tend to communicate on all the time, but especially during the matches. And um, I made a comment to the effect of, you know, Harry Winks doesn't look too bad today. And and Mike ultimately gave me the response, Dave, you are wrong. And then, <laughs> and then as soon as he did that, lead scored and like I, I lost my momentum of a, a smart aleck response to send back to Mike. So uh, lost that in the halftime, but Mike, I, I saw you, I heard you, I heard you trying to call me out. <laughs> I couldn't follow along. It was so like the WhatsApp was just so rapid fire today. And I was like in the pub trying to entertain myself and, uh, and, and uh, pay attention to the match and, and the others. It's, it's a wholly different experience watching the match with a number of people and trying to, trying to take a, a lot away from it other than 
yeah, we scored a couple and won a game, you know? True. Different but, vibe altogether. That's actually a really, really good point. It's harder to pay attention in that type correct. of environment, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, speaking of that, let's get to it. Uh, good match today. Bad first half, better second half. Uh, one nil down going in. Two, two one winners coming out. Steve, why don't you get us started with your your typical tactical breakdown on today? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember like 10 minutes into the first half, I was kind of just shocked, right? Like, I don't think any of us expected the game to start quite like that. It, it looked like, I mean, if I'm really honest, it looked like one of Nuno's best games, right? Which isn't saying much, like that's a pretty low bar. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was lethargic. It looked, uh, it looked too safe a lot of the times. Um, you know, you had players out there, a lot of them, it's, you know, like their first appearance under Conte, uh, in the league, at least, you know, some of them got, got runs out, uh, in Europe or whatever, but by and large, it just felt like, you know, there wasn't any urgency and, and kind of worse off people were like afraid of leads. Like the players just didn't want to, to make a mistake. So they were overly cautious and they just, you know, when you're overly cautious like that, it's, it's kind of like almost worse than, than taking a risk and making a mistake. Cause eventually like you're first off, you're not doing anything, but eventually that leads to like what we saw on the, on the leads goal, a little bit of complacency, you know, and then suddenly they pounce, they score and you're looking at a deficit. Uh, but once again, we saw something in the second half that I can't praise Conte on enough and that is changing the approach of the game. You know, he, in his post-match, he had said, you know, yeah, I heard the fans at halftime. They weren't happy. I wasn't happy. Um, and, I, you know, it showed. They came out. They played. It was like, I think you said it, Dave. It was like a completely different team stepped out. Um, and, you know, the, the urgency was there. Um uh, there's still plenty of uh, room to improve, you know. I'm not saying everybody was perfect in the second half, um, but it was significantly better. The urgency was there. The, the willingness to take risks and and try those uh, those long balls, those more direct balls uh, into the channels, you know, it was it was so much better from them. And obviously, we got the results. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, to me, that's credit to, to Conte, you know, it's the same set of players that Nuno had. If that was a Nuno game, I imagine they would have gotten worse in the second half. Um, but, you know, uh, I feel like it was maybe Graham Lasso, one of the announcers uh, up here in the States who, who made the comment like, uh, you know, in the first half they were playing not to lose. And in the second half they were playing to win. Um, and, you know, for me, that's that's a crucial distinction between Nuno ball and Conte ball. Nuno was all about playing not to lose, whereas Conte pushes for the win. And, you know, I, I think I said it last week or, or maybe it was a week before, but we're not going to win every game. You know, I, I doubt we go undefeated for the rest of the season. But as long as the players go out there and show that kind of that kind of drive and, and energy that they did in the second half, I can't fault them for that. If they play like the first half and we lose, yeah, it's shit and I'll be all over the players, rightfully so, I think. But, you know, a second half performance, just having that going on, having that be kind of the standard, the baseline, like start there and end better. Um, 
I wouldn't be disappointed in that win, loss, or draw. That was a, a solid second half performance across the board. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the players a little more in depth, but uh, curious to hear Mike's thoughts on on this one. Yeah, and, and Steve, before we go to Mike, I want to say, actually, I want to quote you. This is something you shared in our chat. This was right at half. You said, I think the squad's playing a bit too safe at times. It's like they don't want to do something that'll get them dropped from the squad, which makes their performances uninspiring. And taking that comment when it was given and then seeing how the team came out in the second half. And like you said, seeing how Conte switched things up. And this is, this is the second match I can think of in his short Spurs tenure where that's happened. And uh, that's impressive. And that becomes inspiring, right? As opposed to being an uninspiring half, it becomes well, an mean, inspiring outcome. That's, that's the thing, Dave, right? I mean, we were talking, you know, as halftime was approaching, Oh, you know, Lucas should come off for Bergwijn. Wink should come off for, for Ndombele. Like, these need to be halftime changes. And he sent the same team out at half, but it was kind of a different team in a, in a way. I don't know what he says to them at, at halftime. You know, I have to imagine he either, you know, put the boot up their ass or something or otherwise, you know, motivated them in some other uh, maybe less violent way. But, I mean, we saw performances that were – it was it was literally night and day. I mean, it was incredible. Um, obviously, room for improvement, but just the difference in in the same players, different performances. I mean, I'm I'm all aboard the Conte hype train. I got Steve. I am too, man. I'm with you, but I also I need to know what Mike's doing, man. I'm, I don't know if Mike's mad at you or talking to friends or watching another game on the telly while we're doing this I, I, I'm, Mike, where are you man okay so uh down here down here in my uh in my podcast lair uh i have set up you know my stuff like i normally do and uh my children had also decided with their friends to set up a, a bedroom area down here today so the entire floor was blankets and pillows and all that kind of stuff i've been while i'm sitting here trying to listen to steve and and maybe give a little analysis or maybe some uh, rebuts to some of his facts or lack thereof you, you are wrong steve that's what he's gonna say to you steve. yeah so i wanted to say you're wrong steve I'm sorry so, i'm so sorry i got children i got children filtering back and forth into this room grabbing all this stuff and they've decided to take it all at once and then can't get out of the door so they're causing a commotion knocking things over it's just it's um ex ex exasperating so so steve i don't know if you noticed this what were the faces mike, i was making mike has not sworn yet this podcast so because these kids are lingering we might have like the cleanest poppy pod ever so mike it let's see last. what you do with this yeah we're gonna go to you right now mike talk to us about today all right so um I, I'm, I'm probably gonna repeat some things steve said actually probably not he's definitely uh, more intelligent than i am when breaking this stuff down, but um, oh, Steve, you're a sweetheart. I I, I really uh, enjoy your analysis. But um, so what I saw today was uh, <clears throat> again, yeah, a, a lethargic start. 10, 15, first 10, 15 minutes. It's a Spurs thing that we've gotten used to for the past two and a half, three seasons, where they start slow. Um, they end up kind of on their heels a little bit because of that, especially against some of these. Uh, more attacking teams like uh, like a Leeds was today. Uh, you know they probably could have done a lot of damage had they had Bamford uh, there making making those super intelligent runs that he always makes. Um, 
but once you know once once we settle into the game and i think it's it's a little bit with these players and it might be um a little bit of hesitancy based on learning a new system and that kind of stuff um once we settled into the game i thought um for the most part dyer and davies uh were actually pretty good davies uh had uh, a little boneheaded mistake that we can talk about. I don't know. It was all his fault, but um, I I felt like the the center backs were pushing up a little further, um, pushing the action into the midfield, but we weren't able to make any any creative moves into the midfield because because Lucas was playing in behind Kane and Son, um, and and you know you saw that all throughout the first half. Um, Lucas trying to do too much in that area. And then like Lucas was, it was strange for me today. Um, I love the guy. I love his enthusiasm. I love his motor. And he, <clears throat> he frustrates me to no end sometimes. And uh, it, you know, it, it is a lot of the typical stuff we complain about um, the losing of the ball, the, the heavy touches uh, the, or the heavy first touches, the uh, lack of control of his body, that kind of thing. Um, once he has control of that ball, he's really good with it. He just has to look up, right? He can he can make some phenomenal passes. Um, and we'll talk about that when I get to the second half. But um, in the first half, he was occupying spaces that other people were in already a lot. And he was losing the ball a lot, which caused him to have to run more because he's chasing that ball down again, right? So, um and then you have Harry Kane and, and son trying to do what they do, but it, it just wasn't, nothing was really working. Uh, Winks was on the left. Winks was on the right. Um, he was trying to occupy space on both sides um, because of where he was when he was tracking back to play defense, they found themselves playing defense a lot in that first half. Um, and then that goal comes and, you know, a lot of that goal I felt was, was Daniel James just being super intelligent and super fucking fast, super fast. Absolutely. Super fast. And I swore for you, Dave. Um, you did. You got that in. Well done. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but it was also, it was also Reggie not really paying attention and, uh, and, and Dyer had to mark, uh, uh, what was it? Gellhart was right there. So not Dyer, uh, Davis was trying to mark him. So he's paying attention to him and watching, at the last second, seeing Daniel James come through, you know, one of those guys was going to get that goal. I mean, that was a beautiful ball in. And that was a lot of that was due to uh, Emerson being basically a fucking stop sign or a yield sign or whatever he was, whatever he was doing there. He got, he got deked out of the shoes um, and he just didn't move. It was like, yeah, it was in cement. So that happens. And, but, you know, obviously, like you said, the fans, the fans gave it to them, you know, and Conte said, you're right. You know, he came back in the second half. Um, I think you saw Lucas out, out front more often. You saw Harry Kane stepping back. And I thought Harry Kane was actually at, at first I was watching in the, in, in the pub. I was like, man, he's not having a great game, mm -hmm. but he's that was trying true at first. It was true, but he's trying, right. He's out there hustling. And, uh, as the game went on, he got better and better 
and better. The more he got physical, the more he got, you know, got into other players, the, the more he fought to get into the box, he got better and better and better. Um, he occupied two and three defenders sometimes, which allowed him to make the passes. Boy, his passing today was outrageous. I thought it was, yeah. I thought he was fantastic. Can I, um, can I hop on the cane thing for just a minute, Mike, since, yeah. you, since you went there? I, you know, I was trying to think of an analogy for, for what I was seeing from Kane. And I totally agree early on. It's like, man, he's, he's still a step slow. He's not quite in it. Oh, there's a little bit of a burst of speed, you know, let's see what happens. But as the game went on, here's what it reminded me of. Um, it, it took, it made me think of basketball and it made me think of like early nineties, mid nineties basketball. And I'm thinking like, Bulls, Knicks, you know, that era when the Bulls just absolutely owned the Knicks when they were in the midst of the, the Jordan era. But the Knicks had Patrick Ewing. And just the concept of like a big mm-hmm. basketball center getting getting the inlet pass and just muscling it and trying to find a way to get to the basket or or get an assist. And that's what I saw Kane doing, right? Like he was taking the ball up top and he was just muscling guys and it was really cool to actually watch that when they showed the slow-mo versions of that you know did, did he get did he get in the back of the net no but i also love that we score two goals and win a match and we don't have to have harry kane on the score sheet you know that was right. that was also a, a real positive to take away from that so back to right. you I just wanted to share that no no that's that, no i i, I really enjoy that analogy um yeah i i love to see harry kane giving a shit you know uh getting physical getting in there getting in the box i loved I loved Hoiberg's goal, even though he didn't really strike it that well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not really sure uh, um, what the goalkeeper was thinking, but, you know, Lucas gets that, Lucas chases that ball down, takes one look and sees that you could have driven a truck through that pathway on that pass of his. And then Hoiberg just struck it just right just right but you know he caught the tender he caught the goaltender way out of position he couldn't make a move to get to the ball um so you know the viking scores he's uh he's now one tally more than than harry kane for the season um for a for a cdm that's not terrible right um so yeah lucas's pass i think once lucas made that pass we equalized. I think his game turned right around. He was in the front. He was coming in more from the front. You saw Harry Kane and Son, you know, blowing in from behind. Um, and and Regulon, man, when that when that kid is on, man, he's got he's got quite the motor. Um, he didn't stop. You know, he made those comments. You know, midweek like this training has been the worst the worst week of my life. Um, and, and he he said it after basically he said it after too like after the game and his in his post game press conference it was it was kind of funny in it but it, it, you know you saw that kind of childlike joy that that he gets from the game he's excited to be here and play under this coach and win like he did and finally get his goal I thought the whole second half was a was a completely different game um, but the entire game you know minus those first fifteen minutes you could see the structure. There, you can see the bones of what's being built, and I and I might just keep saying this and keep saying this till till we string together a number of a number of uh, halves of football, you know, um, where we're playing well and we're playing on the front foot. It it just it it got really exciting in the second half. Like 
And I think a lot of it had to do with Harry Kane giving a shit and making those passes. No question. Steve, anything Mike said uh, bring up any additional ideas for you? I mean, it was obvious that Harry Kane actually did give a shit. I mean, the way that he was bossing things. I mean, for me, in the first half, he was one of the best players simply because his passing was just on point. He was picking out incredible balls all over, mostly to the wing backs, um, where everybody else was kind of passing as if they, you know, it was their first time with the ball at their feet. Like they had no idea what they were doing. It was behind people. It was too far, not far enough. Um, so, you know, props to Cade. He played, uh, he played it well for, for 90 minutes. Um, but for me, the, the wingbacks were, were what made us tonight, uh, Reggie in particular. And I absolutely loved his comment about how <laughs> he's like, I am dead, but I'm so happy. Um, yeah. But I'm he telling said, you. He like, said he was happy like four times. So I'm so, so, so happy. I'm so happy. Dude, that guy has wanted a goal so bad since coming to Spurs. And, you know, he finally gets it. And, and you know, throughout his his 70 plus minute per, uh, performance today, you could see flashes of a player that Conte is going to turn into a world beater. I mean, I, I think Reggie has the, the skill set, the talent, uh, the ability to just dominate. I mean, he is going to be a massive threat for us uh, going forward if he can keep up with these constant deadly training sessions, uh, you know, get his fitness up, get it to be to be on point, uh, you know, because because attack, 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 right? Get in the box, get in the box. That's what Conte told him. If he keeps doing that, which he does constantly, he's going to find the goal many more times. And not just that, but he offers great defensive cover. He works constantly. You know, he's like like Lucas in a way, except his end product's a little better. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, his crossing, his passing in the, in the final third. He tends to be, you know, one of the better guys at, at picking out an option in the box. Um, I, I think he's going to be incredible. And similarly, Sessegnon, that dude, if he can stay fit, is on the same trajectory, I feel. He's got the same, you know, sort of talent, skill set, ability to just be this incredible player under Conte if he can stay healthy. I think the pair of them kind of alternating in that, that left wing back position is going to be exciting to watch as, as the season continues. It's it's clear to me. Uh, it's clear to me at this point, like, um, that that Conte's got this got this way about give me everything that you have for as long as you can. We have guys that can spell you. Now he's already finding these guys that can spell them. So you know you put in 60, 60 to sixty five super hard fucking minutes on the field, giving everything you've got, um, and. and I've got a guy that can come in and spell you. That's that's going to get the job done too. So, um, just having players that are interchangeable at any minute is great. Um, you know, I, I I feel bad. I think uh, Davinson Sanchez and Joe Roden are going to be left out of most rotations that we see um, going forward. And you know, you might see Davinson coming in to to spell a defender here and there or play in a, in a conference league game. But I, you know, I, I feel like there are a few guys who are going to be left out, especially 
thinking about January coming up too. Um, but you know, that's, that's part of, part of being a professional athlete is knowing that at any minute your number could be called. So you got to go out on the field or your number could be called and you might be shipped away. But I, I mean, I, I see that, I see that forming and where he's, he's starting to trust guys and he, he's putting his faith in the guys that he knows can, can run his system. I think Sessignon is one of those guys. I've, I've loved the guy for years and it's, it's unfortunate that's hamstring after hamstring. And I was like, you know, that little flick that he put in after the offsides, I, I was like, Oh Jesus, don't try too hard. <laughs> <laughs> don't over, over I said stretch. it out. I said it out loud. I did say it out loud. Careful. No, I'm, I'm the other thing that, that I'm, you know, First off, I, I just need to get this out of the way. Arlo Wade and Graham Lasso are terrible commentators. They're just awful. Awful. I hate listening to them. That said, they had one point in the second half that I actually really appreciated that they that they called attention to. And that was, you know, under Nuno, under Mourinho, under Mason even in the interim, if Spurs were ahead and we were going towards the end of the game, that was pretty much shut up shop. Like we got to bring in established players to kind of, you know, keep composure, keep, keep the game in our control um, and just see it out. Right. Not Conte. Conte throws out young Sessegnon who really hasn't played much for Spurs at all in his tenure and just says, you know what, you're replacing uh, Reggion. That dude has run himself into the ground. You're going out there. You're taking over you know, essentially what, what might arguably the, be the man of the match, um, go do your thing. Right. And he went out there and, uh, he performed. And so I don't know which of them said it, but they called attention to the fact that like, that's gotta be a huge confidence boost for him. You know, it's not just let's bring on, you know, an established player and shut up shop. It's let's bring on this young guy. Who's got tons of talent because I believe in him to literally take the man of the match and just let him get the rest. Like, I know he's going to, he's going to slide in. I know he's going to perform well. Uh, and, and I think that's spot on. I think, you know, Sessignon's got to be feeling good about Conte trusting him to do just that. Uh, you know, he it's didn't get ballsy. It's, yeah. it's pretty ballsy. And I, I think that's what you need. You need a coach who's going to be ballsy, man. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, that's going to pay dividends. It, it, to me, that shows the rest of those players, the, the Joe Roden, the, you know, Davinson Sanchez, like, look, dude, do the work. You know, uh, as long as you're putting an effort in, you'll get your chance. And then you just have to take it, right? I think Sessegnon took his chance. And I think we're going to see more of him. Uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of time on the field, but, you know, the, that 15 minutes or so that he was out there, I don't think he put a foot wrong. You know, he was what seven out of 10 for me in, in that 15 minutes, just did what he needed to do, made those runs. He was available. He was threatening. Um, that's all you can really ask from him. Um, so uh, that's gotta be a message to the rest of the team. Right. I mean, what else is it? <laughs> so the, yeah. Here's, a, here's a guy who hasn't played in, in years and he's just coming in fitting right in. His so, first healthy game back. So the what, about the, what about the Delhi substitution then? What's the what's the message in that one? Or was there any message in that? What do you oh, think, Mike? God. You yeah, know, uh, I, Delhi was Delhi was for Lucas, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lucas was tired, man. You know, 
Uh, Lucas had a lot of running to do in the first half, uh, just given his constant giveaways. Um, he must have had fucking 30 turnovers in the first half. Uh, he was bad, man. He was bad. Um, you know, so and, and then the second the second half, his his work rate was much better. It was like he was a completely different player in the second half. And that that you know that you know you can give merit to to Conte for for switching up his tactics, um, having Lucas coming in from behind instead of leading a charge. You know, I, I still to this day do not believe that Harry Kane and Lucas can be on the field together. They can't they because they are constantly occupying each other's spaces. Um, and that's kind of what Lucas does because he's a chaos merchant. Um, that said, um, I, I think. I, I think Steven Bergwijn would have been a better substitution in that spot. I think. You know, Winksy, Winky, whatever we're calling him now, uh, Winky just sounds a little bit creepy to me. Um Winky and Hobby. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna. Uh, I, I think that Winks would have been the appropriate person to take off for Delhi. Um, not Lucas, but it is what it is, you know. I mean, um, Delhi, Delhi didn't really do anything uh, uh, significant. Was there was there less risk though in subbing Delhi in for Lucas as opposed to to Winks? Winks was playing a little bit of a holding role and 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 shoring things Winks, up. Winks played. Pretty well. I, 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 when, when I told you you were wrong, I, I felt you were wrong at that point. I really, really did. Uh, I didn't think he was having a great game. Um, I, I, I thought he was pedestrian. He was, he was Harry Winks. He was boring. He was making mistakes. He made a mistake directly off just the start of the game at the very start of the game. Um, he had a giveaway that was awful, um, you know, and he, he played, you know, he played into the game too. He, he, he kind of, he hasn't been on the pitch a lot either. So it takes time to kind of get yourself back into that first team starting mentality. Right. It's a completely different world from being a sub or just being a guy, you know, who's keeping a spot warm on the bench, you know? Um, so Winks, I think had a, he, had a pretty good second half. He did play that holding role. I don't think that's that's his game. Um, I, I think it's apparent that Skip needs to be out there. Uh, I, I think Skip is our best midfielder right now that we have. Uh, whether he's creative or not, I think he's our best our best midfielder. Hoiberg had a actually pretty a pretty good game. Uh, he did his job. Um, he wasn't spectacular. He wasn't terrible. And it's probably fair to say against higher caliber opposition, you know, maybe Winks isn't as as um, generally decent as he was today, right? There's always that risk. Yeah. Um, the good thing I can say about those substitutions is that I don't know if you if you really really paid attention because you know we were I was I was everybody was kind of taken with the way that Conte was behaving on the <laughs> on the side, um, but stride for stride with him were Lucas and Regulon after they were taken out. You know, they had their coats on, they were up and down the pitch with him, you know, at his side behind him. I, I think that that speaks to respect for your manager, you know? So I, I, I think that 
you know, the guys that are going to want to be out there that want to be out there are going to show you that they want to be out there. Uh, a coach like that is, has an infectious kind of, he, it, it will infect the entire locker room when he's and it's going to infect the, the stands too. I mean, he was fucking excited, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, did, I saw, it, I saw Jose a couple of times in the beginning of his tenure get excited, but not like that, not the entire fucking game. That guy's think, got a motor just like any player out there. Yeah. I mean, he did affect the stands. I mean, there were, it was like the 82nd minute. He was like, turn him around and like trying to get people up and, and cheering and yelling like this dude, you know, at Spurs fans, I think we all know that when you're up by a goal and there's 10 minutes to go, you're kind of expecting that it's all going to go to shit at that point, or at least I am. Um, but, you know, he wasn't he wasn't having that. He wasn't letting anybody just kind of like clutch their seat, bite their nails. It was, you know what? You're going to get behind this team. You're going to fucking cheer them on or so help me. I'll send Dyer into the stands right after you. <laughs> well put. Hey, hey, boys, I think it's time for our intermission, which means it's time for our favorite segment of every every pod. Mike, you ready to roll? Hell yeah, man. All right, we want to know what you're drinking. So the only way to find that out is to ask you the question. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, uh, today uh, I have a very special beer. Came from our friends uh, that that host our Green Mountain Spurs meetups. Um, I'm going to do a Good Water beer today. Uh, Good Water Breweries in Williston, Vermont. Uh, um, Marty is uh, is is the owner there, and Aaron is a uh, is a general manager. Um, both great people. Um, Marty's always there to say hello to you, you know. Um, he introduces himself to people he doesn't know. It's uh, it, it's a great environment, and uh, and I and I uh, love their beers. Um, there are a couple I don't like, just like any other place, you know. But um, most of the time, uh, I I drink uh, their Kolsch, their Kolsch style uh, called Stange, um, or the True Pills, which is also delicious. Um, but today, um, I'm doing, uh, a new one because they just came out, um, with this beer. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of an offshoot of a, a beer that they made last year. Um, but it's a rye pale ale and it's called, Hey, give it a rye. So we're going to give it a try. Incredible. Huh. Um, yeah, it's got a nice little can here. It's got a, like an orange, orange label. See, fellas, there you go. With their logo on the front, just like all their beers have. Um, it's a rye pale ale, and it checks in at oh, it does not have oh yeah, uh, five point five ABV. Um, and it uh, it says it's a medium bodied ale. Um, the great thing that I love about rye. Um, I'm going to open this while I talk. Um, the thing I love about Rise is, is the fact that they have kind of that spicy bite at the end. It's almost, it's almost like a, it's almost like a chili, you know, it's like a chili powder, but not that spicy. It's just enough bite to let you know that, you know, Hey, this isn't wheat, man, you know, <laughs> but let's pour this and see what we got here. It is kind of medium bodied. Almost red. Wow, that looks good. 
That does look good. Yeah, it's not dark. It is almost red. Um, it says the reddish, the reddish amber color and moderate carbonation make it both inviting and refreshing. Um, let's give this a taste and see uh, see what we get here. Wow. Um, it's it's super malty. It smells good. It smells good. You can smell the rye. Um, it does have that bite at the at the back. Um, it's a little bit bitter, like a pale ale. It usually is. Um, it's not. It's not super super hoppy, but um, it's got enough hop in there to to let you know that that the hops are in there too. Um, I I really like it. Um, I'm gonna give it another sip because I I don't know what to think about it. It's such a it, you know you don't always have a rye you know. And, and ryes don't always, they don't lend themselves to any other style of beer, but like a pale ale or an IPA. It's, it doesn't taste so much like a pale ale to me. It's more of an amber. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's malty. It's spicy. Um, it's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and drag this out because we want to make it a long segment because... Um, I know, I know Steve is just chomping at the bit to get to, uh, some, some more, more Spurs talk. Um, I'm going to hey, give Mike, this, hold on, hold on. Don't, before you rate it, I'm going to write down my prediction based on your reaction. Oh, Jesus what, I th what I think you're going to rate. You ready for this? And then I'm going to, mm -hmm. after you make your rating, I'm going to, I'm going to hold this up and we'll see how close I was. All right. All I can this think is, of. This, this is like the dating time. game, the newly like the dating <laughs> game. Yeah. The newlywed game, you know, so we're not asking about Whoopi or whatever it is. they did. <laughs> this entire, that's that's entire, for the old people in the room. Every time I hear, every time I hear Malty, all I can think of is, uh, you know, we were out on a walk around the city today. City. I'm putting that in quotes because there's like 6,000 people here. So it's, it's, it's tiny. Uh, but we walked by this dude who, who just smelled like malt liquor. Um, and it was like three in the afternoon, you know, he's just stumbling down the street. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, but that's an interesting fella. But, uh... that, that could have been me in Burlington yesterday <laughs> before I jumped into that Uber. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, uh, malty, 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 malty. Um, yeah, it's got like, it's sweet, but it's got a spicy finish. It smells good. It smells like, uh, like a pale ale. Uh, it's a little bit maltier. I think it's, like I said, more than like an amber, um, but it has that spicy finish. And I, that's what I love about rise. Um, I used to brew beer and like the best beer that I ever made was, um, was a rye and it used four different types of rise. So obviously I called it four rise. Um, that's, <laughs> that was a good one. Right. Um, so I'm going to give this a 3.1. Ooh, I overshot. I went with a three point eight. Was was, oh. was my was my prediction? Three point one. All right, my calibration. Just, just because there, it Mike. doesn't it doesn't hit that it it doesn't hit pale ale style for me. But I I really enjoy it. I you know See, based on the you, style. You'd had a couple runs of like 4.1, 4.2. So I was thinking your your scale was trending upward right so i thought you'd be pulled to the upper end of threes but hey glad you're keeping well, it real man you're, you're keeping we had, a, we had a foam we had a foam beer in there right and true yeah very true all right well done mike much appreciated looking forward to seeing you finish that bad boy and um as always this has been hey mike what you drinking so 
Much appreciated. Let's get back to it. Let's look ahead uh, at the week to come. I believe we are at Mura this week. Is that is that correct, Steve? Right. What are you thinking about that that Mura match? What kind of rotation or not are we going to see? What's what's that world going to look like to you? I mean, that to me is a must win. Um, you know, we're in second in the group. We want first. First dodges the playoff into the knockouts. Um, and quite frankly, the, the name of the game is win out and you don't have to worry about whether or not Ren stumbles, you know? So going to Mura, I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of rotation. We'll probably see Skip back into it since he got a nice rest. Um, and, and, you know, maybe one or two changes, but that's, that's about it for me. I mean, Conte is going to go there. He's going to, he's going to make it a point to win. Um, and you know, he should, right? Like we got Burnley at the weekend. They're not exactly, you know, covering themselves in glory right now. Um, and I know Burnley's always a tough game. You know, they're going to be a, a hyper defensive. It's going to be difficult for us to break them down, but the way that Conte's got the team playing. I mean, for me, these are both winnable games and there's no excuse for us to lose either of them. So I, I don't see heavy rotation. I see two games where Conte is going to field strong sides and go for the win both times. Um, you know, cause we got, if you think about it, we got Ren on the final match day, the, the group stage, you win this and, and, you know, if Ren lose to Vitesse or draw, I mean, you got the chance to overtake them. But even if Ren win uh, this week, we're three points behind him. We win the final, you know, final final one, and then we we take first. So name of the game is just win straight out. And, and I, I think we got the ability. I think we've got the te- the team. I think we got the coach to get it done. I think we're going to see six points out of six this week split between the two competitions like, of course like the sound of that mike what are your thoughts on on that and uh looking ahead to burnley hey Mike's hey mike muted. hey mike what what you muted for <laughs> God damn it i want i wanted it it's a good thing i didn't try and interrupt steve <laughs> you know i got i gotta tell you dave uh the thing is that i i i agree with steve however i don't remember you asking him about the burnley game no, I didn't. He just went there. He took it yeah, from me. Yeah, he I, did. I, I think I was, he, just, he said, I'm I was, the fucking host now. I was queuing it up it. like, <laughs> I'm going to give Steve Murrah, like, let him, let him just break apart the European competition. And then Mike's just going to segue to turf more on Sunday, you know, but no, he stole it and you're just picking no, up he scraps. He can break it down. I'm just, I'm just saying there's no reason for us not to feel the strong side against Murrah because it's Burnley. I mean, Mike can tell us why that <laughs> Burnley doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares though, Steve. Um, I care. You know, I care. Buddy. That might be our episode uh, title right there. Nobody cares though, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Burnley, we we kind of just played Burnley uh, last month, right? Um, it was the end of October, um, and and you know we took home a hard a hard fought one one nil victory. Um, so. That was in a cup you know, match up in, at Turf Moor, right? That was, yeah. Turf yep, Moor is yep. a tough place to play. Yep. Um, other than the like Burnley, Burnley's a tricky team. Um, they have some, they have some really good players. Um, they've drawn their last what, last three games. Um, you know, no, they, they actually beat Brentford 
They've drawn their last they, two. Yeah, outside of outside of the the Brentford drawing, they made Brentford look bad. Um, they've drawn the last couple of games, right? So, I mean, you can't overlook a team like Burnley. I I, um, I like our chances, obviously, but Turf Moor is not an easy place to go play. Um, you know, when you have when you have guys like. Uh, you know, Chris Wood out there, they have Nick Pope's a, a great goalie. Um, Tarkowski is, is great. Um, he tends to pick up a lot of silly fouls. Um, I, but you know, for the most part, um, I, I don't expect them to do a lot of scoring from the upfront. I don't think we're going to have a problem with having to, um, play back into our box in, in our third a lot. Um, they're going to look for that ball over the middle. They're going to look for big runs from their midfielders, trying to trying to get to the ball to the wings. But you know, Burnley's not an exciting or a sexy game. You know, so I'm, I mean, I, I don't see Conte, you know, taking his foot off the gas. I think consistency in his lineups is going to be a big deal. Is going to be a big thing, and I don't think he's going to. Um, I don't think he's going to rotate heavily for that game because it's an easily winnable game. I think he went in with Leeds today being an easily winnable game, um, especially since they had a lot of a lot of guys uh, out, um, and he still and he still played that the eleven that he could play, given given the injuries and such. Um, but I think midweek you might actually get to see a little Brian. Um, I think you're you're you probably not going to see i don't think you'll see lucas out there i think you want to get some legs under bergwine sassanian um guys like that matt uh doherty forget that he's on the team still um so you know heavily i wouldn't say heavily rotated but it rotated you're going to see a couple of the big guys out there you know skippy's going to be back um but i don't think it's going to be heavily rotated i don't even think golini i don't even think golini comes off the comes off the bench he, he might as well just you know staple his pants to the bench <laughs> dave's muted yeah. now look at that right after i mess with you i muted myself right bunch of background noise the 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 dog was barking and i get caught by that whole thing oh well hey uh believe it or not we're approaching the end so i want i want you guys to start to think about closing thoughts and i'll I'll get us started on on a little bit of that. I am um, I am looking for consistent improvement, right? Like that was what I was going into today looking for. I was disheartened after that first half, and I felt really good after that second half. You know, I, I don't expect Conte to work miracles overnight, but um, I'm just looking for us to get better every time out. It felt good by the by the end of things. I'm also excited. I think it's an exciting time to be a Spurs supporter, but I'm excited about the even though it's rough on the team, the, the fixture congestion that comes up in December, right? Just looking ahead at the schedule, you know, we enter that window in about a week and a half where there's, there's a premier league match every three or four days. And we, we crank through that Christmas schedule. And I'm excited about that. They come, they come hot and heavy for a while. So we're going to have a lot of good stuff. Yeah. A lot of good stuff to talk about. And you guys don't know this, but just a special little bit of trivia. This is the 35th episode of wicked Spursy. Can you guys believe that we have a, We've been such crusty veterans around for so long. We've got 35 episodes in the can. So that's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations to you both. That's uh yeah. that's good stuff. Outstanding. Um, Steve, why don't I go to you? You got closing thoughts as we we wrap up our conversation for today? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it um, a, a bit more, the only thing that scares me about, you know, the Sunday fixture is Nick Pope, you know, because that guy, you know, he's got it in his, his toolkit to just have an absolutely bonkers game uh, in goal. And, you know, for me, some of the most irritating games that we play, we being Spurs, not me in particular, because they, they won't give me a contract for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but the most irritating games are the ones where, like, you know, we're doing everything right. We're pressuring, we're crossing, we're getting into advanced positions, we're taking shots. And then you've got a goalkeeper like Pope who just stands on his head and keeps it all out. Um, and I think that's our biggest risk for the weekend. Mura should be beatable. You know, I, we, what was it the in the reverse fixture? I think we crushed them like five, one. Um, so, you know, I'm not terribly concerned about that one. It's Burnley. It's, you know, cause the more I think about it, you know, we'll have the wing backs, we'll have the crosses, we'll have people getting in the box. I don't know that the defense can hold up for 90 minutes, especially on the back of their entire season so far what i am concerned about is nick pope just becoming fucking superman back there and just keeping everything out single-handedly uh kind of like he did against chelsea to be honest they they, they got does that against chelsea does. yep pope, pope shows up for the big games man yeah well hopefully not this one because otherwise i'm just gonna be you know very sad Go with sad and not just you know miserable, depressed, and drinking myself into a stupor after uh, you know Pope strings together like thirty. We're not like saves. that. We're not like that anymore, man. <laughs> we can be a little optimistic. Right, the whole right? new world out there. Whole new world. Pope does show up, but he does also look like a sixteen-year-old kid on a JV soccer team. Just my personal That's, opinion. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's you're not wrong. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think they're both winnable, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like Pope's just going to show up and make things fucking difficult for us. How about you, Mike? What are your closing thoughts as we wrap things up? Um, I love Tottenham Hotspur. And, uh, and, and here's why. Um, this, is, this is a club um, that provides all, all of the drama of a, of a, uh, telenovela, um, you know, like a, a Mexican soap opera, right? Um, everything, every time you turn a corner, there's something crazy happening, right? We are never, ever, ever not entertained by this, by this club. Even in the downtimes, they get us angry. They get us excited. They get us, they make us happy. They make us sad. Like they bring us through all this whole range of emotions. And, and I, and I absolutely love Tottenham Hotspur for that. Um, I don't care who the, who the cast is, who the characters are. Um, what I want to see in my, in my sports teams, as well as a TV show that I want to, that I want to really, really like and really enjoy is character development. Um, so I think that, Quite honestly, Conte is the perfect manager for character development. And going forward, like I've like I've been saying, we can see the bones, we can see the structure of what's being built right now. It's going to be a beautiful house when it's finally built, right? And and we're going to have all of these 
all of these awesome characters to live in this house together and and um and and keep things dramatic for us and keep things exciting for us and it's going to be all due to this coach and 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 to the and to what i see as a a new attitude um at n17 right um so for that i i love tottenham hotspur i think that it's uh these next run of games like i said i i think 15 points is easily attainable out of these next games um i think going in into uh the new year i i i'm really positive about this and i think going into the new year we're going to be in a really really good position to to take a a possible fourth spot but um you're probably not looking looking at a first or second by any stretch i think that's too far gone already um but the way that the parity is in this league this year and the past few years we've been afforded multiple opportunities um and 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 i think this is the manager this is the coach this is the administration that's going to allow us to to succeed and and, uh and bring us back to to being the club that we know we can be so i'm excited i'm happy everything's going to be all right Ooh, a little bob marley at the end there mike i'd have to say (laughs) you were you were lamenting at the start of the pod today that you didn't have time to prepare but I don't know that little ditty you just laid out for us. That that smells like something you've been thinking about for a while. I think you had some prep. I literally just thought of that. I was like on the fly, dude. That's good. Hey, congratulations! Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well Telenovela, reality television. You, you you nailed it all there. That that's outstanding. So hey, gentlemen, um, it's been fun as always. Appreciate you both. To our listeners, we are grateful and appreciate you. By the way, we are on Twitter at Wicked Spursy. You can find us on on Facebook as well. And uh, feel free to connect with us in that way, Mike, because your, your boy Lucas had a good second half today. I'm going to let you uh, wrap us up with the, the Lucas chant. Goodbye. There it is. Have a good day. Take it easy.